Hello and welcome to this week's NMA podcast. I'm Elliot Smith, reporter on New Model Advisor. I've been covering the developments on the British Steel Pension Scheme saga since last October and this week's podcast comes to you from the Twelve Nights pub in Margham, just outside Port Talbot. Um, a few weeks ago I travelled to South Wales to meet two steel workers, Chris Cook and Stuart Jones, who transferred out of the embattled pension scheme via collapsed IFA Active Wealth. Um, their money took the, the familiar route into a SIP, which found its way via DFM Gallium Fund Solutions into uh, five alpha funds managed by Newscape Capital. Um, much of the early vulnerability of the steelworkers centred around their uh, fundamental distrust of Tata Steel, and uh, many of the scheme members just wanted to, to sever the financial cord to the firm. Um, a few have, had never met a financial advisor and had no idea what to look for. Uh, which, which exposed them to, uh, to firms that may not have had their, their best interest at heart. The pension roadshows that I was in, they never actually told us to go get a, a independent financial advice. Basically, the message they were putting across was the pension scheme is closing and it's going to go into the PPF. The majority of the workforce were disgruntled with Tata because uh, they bought us over and said they were a family-orientated company and then a couple of years down the line, they come in straight after our pension. Yeah. Uh, we signed 25 percent of our pension away to keep it open, yeah. and then within three years, they were back, saying the pension's got to close, or there's plant closures. The road shows were when we had long had out statements, and people wanted answers uh, to the statements. A lot of people lost a lot of money on these statements, and. Basically, the trustees just give a bit of a slideshow, and this is the way it's going, and that's the way it's going to be. It's closing, and it's going to be the PPF, and that's that's the only message that I that came clear home to me. Is that BSP or the BS? Yeah, which is likely to be less favourable. Yeah. But then again, why would you trust a company that's already meddled with our pension? They siphoned funds from our pension to modify a sister plant in Holland. So now they're all singing and dancing out there and our equipment here is run into the ground. They hadn't done the research and I don't think they had the resources. Because again, when you're, when it, obviously it's a big concern, your pension is your life savings. When you were phoning the pension company, uh, your trustees and they can't answer your questions or they put you on hold all the time, or you're emailing and they're not getting back to you. It doesn't doesn't give you any faith in them at all, and that's why I believe these firms were able to take advantage. Because we was having no help from the company, we was having no help from the trustees. An actual friend of mine worked for BP, and when their scheme closed, the union paid for financial advisors to come in and sit down with them and tell them what the best course of action was. Last autumn, as they faced a looming deadline to decide whether to move into the PPF, transfer into the new BSPS2 or transfer out altogether, financial advice firms began arriving in town to, uh, to discuss the, the potential for transferring out. Um, Chris and Stuart attended the now infamous sausage and chips meeting, not chicken and chips, just to clarify, held by Active Wealth Director Darren Reynolds and Director of Unregulated Introducer Celtic Wealth, uh, Clive Howells. And they only sold all the good points. Yeah. Like if you died, your, 
your wife would have all your pension part. You can retire when you want, so you don't have to carry on work for Tata. If somebody had put it down in black and white in front of me, I believe the trustees should have done it. Then I think the outcome would be far different to what actually has happened. There's been so much shortfalls and failings by numerous people along the way. Me and Jack on Owen, we went on the internet looking at Celtic Wealth and he said he was a good legitimate firm on it. On the tapas, on the tapas site? Yeah. He said he was good, they are a good firm to work with and yet we found different. I, I went on the tapas site and I was for actually phoned and they directed me to the Umbaya site. And when you went on there, they came up with their all singing and dancing, but the FCA were investigating them. What Chris refers to here is the fact that Active Wealth has been on the regulator's radar and had been for 14 months before the scandal came to light. Um, it was in itself something of a, a reincarnation of a firm called Active Investment Services, which had been downed by pension transfer complaints a couple of years prior. So how were they led astray to this extent? Uh, Chris tells us here. What actually happened was uh, posters and business cards ended up in the works from Celtic Wealth. Um, on my particular rotor pattern, um, I think 15, maybe 20 of us went to a, a meeting with uh, Clive Howells, Liam Powell and Darren Reynolds and basically he introduced himself as a local boy uh, retired police officer. Uh, he wouldn't rip us off. He's trying to start a business, which is locally. And um, basically, he knew he knew what Tata had done and why we were all disgruntled. And it just went from there, basically. It's said all the the positive points <laughs> about your money. You can retire when you want. And he also said that they do uh, pension transfers for the police force. He did actually say that he, um, he's worked with Darren in the past and he's known him for a number of years as well. So they're obviously they've done dealings in the past. Another thing he said was he don't live far from that firm we'll be dealing with. So he said, I can just walk over there in an half hour and sort it out if anything's wrong straight away. Yeah, he said that to me. He yeah. said, I'm within 15 minutes, half hour of that company and I can sort it out. And I can just walk in, I know the manager. Yeah, he can get answers straight away. Well, I asked him the questions, I had them written down on paper uh, about my funds. Would they be tied in because he showed me the fact sheet? And he said, no, your funds won't. And the way Darren Reynolds was putting it over is if he was involved in actually making it up or he had some involvement with it because he said he'd sat down with Vega and he reckoned they're all a bunch of computer geeks. The way he was explaining it was that it was something that he was supposedly uh, in the setup of it and that's the reason why we wouldn't get charged for moving our funds at any time and there was no tie-in penalty. In November, stories began emerging about the 5% exit penalty on the funds, and Active Wealth also surrendered its pension transfer permissions following intervention by the FCA. Um, Echelon Wealthcare Director Al Rush was instrumental in bringing these issues to light um, and worked tirelessly on behalf of the steelworkers. 
So how do these firms manage the bad press with their clients once it, uh, once it came to the fore? He told me, don't look at Facebook, because I'm taking them lot to court, he said. He said, because I went down to Celtic Wealth, because Liam, I knocked on the door, walked in, Liam was there, and I said, Liam, there's a lot going on with this, 5% charges, don't listen to any of that, Stuart, it's a lot of rubbish. We are taking that Al rush to court, and we'll sort it all out, he said. And I believed him, I don't know why, and yet people like this, <laughs> and thank God, talked to me and got me involved with it, and I just got out as soon as I could. I, I couldn't believe because he never told me anything about because I said to him, they telling me there's a five percent charge, no such thing, Slim, no such thing, there's not, and that's what he told me. I spoke to Darren Reynolds twice in December. Um, the once I asked him uh, about everything, and he said it's all scaremongering. It's just other financial advisors are not upset because they're not on a cut to the pie, which is his roundabout reply. And then the meeting was down here, and I came to the meeting and listened to obviously Megan Butler and Michelle Cracknell and another gentleman and Stephen Kinnock. And I thought, well, these people can't be wrong. So I phoned him. I, I, I phoned him up. And he explained that it wasn't down to him, it was down to Tony Norris from Gallium imposing the 5% because of the runs of the funds. And then I phoned him probably a week later after that and he was said that he was in discussion with Tony Norris about changing the share classification so it wouldn't cost so much to disinvest. And he, he said the way he was putting it forward, it was something that he and Tony Norris was putting forward to the FCA, they would have to agree, and if they agree, they would be able to do it, and they would be able to release people's funds. This is what this Tony Norris was saying to us as well. He told me he would put an in-depth report to the FCA of how we could disinvest our funds, changing share class, and then what, what was the other one? They were going to, if people are going to invest in the Alpha Phi funds, they were hold their money back and disinvest and pay the money to myself to disinvest me but the new investors would just take over my shares and that was something else that Tony Norris verbally told me on the phone. Gallium has strongly disputed Chris's account of what happened here. Um, they've said that uh, they are completely independent from active wealth and uh, the statement from director Tony Norris here says Gallium service, as described in the documentation investors received, consisted of investing investors' money in accordance with an investment model that Active had confirmed was suitable for each relevant investor in light of their individual circumstances. Gallium's terms of business with investors and Active Wealth state that Gallium relies on Active Wealth's assessment of suitability in order to implement the investment strategy for each investor. Gallium was not party to the meetings and correspondence between Active Wealth and investors, all responsible for their oversight. It was our understanding at all material times, however, that all of these affected investors had agreed to commit to the Vega General Investment Account for a minimum of five years, and thus their investment sums were placed into the regulated USITS fund. Um, on the 5% the exit charge that, that Chris and Stuart allude to here, um, Gallium says, 
For the sake of clarity, if investors remain invested for the agreed minimum period of five years, then no exit fee will be payable. The exit fee is charged by the USIT's fund manager, which is completely independent of Gallium. Gallium does not receive any economic benefit from the exit fee, and we have no ability to waive it. And once Chris decided to disinvest, um, he then went on to tell me kind of how the, the process unfolded. Mine's actually more because uh, Tony Norris wouldn't give me a statement, and Hayley Hutchison in Intelligent Money was being very evasive and wouldn't give me a statement, even though I tried to ask him if I could have a statement, like a bank statement, where he'd depict all the charges. Uh, still had nothing from him. Um, it looks, Alistair Russia has had a look at my figures that I pulled off from my portfolio myself and printed out, and it looks as if it's a charge of seven, just over 7%. Him and Andrew Tapper sat down and tried to work it out. And not only that, it was the fact that I give them clear instruction to disinvest me, and they mucked me around, and they held me into a new quarter, so they charged me all new fees into the new quarter as well. Intelligent Money uh, disputes Chris's account of, of how, this, uh, how this unfolded once he, he said he, he wanted to disinvest. Um, we've got a statement here from Intelligent Money Chief Executive Julian Peniston-Hill, um, who says, Hayley Hutchinson is one of our senior managers with eight years of experience at Intelligent Money. Whilst I can understand this issue is confusing for clients with all the parties involved, Hayley would never have said she could not provide a statement, something we obviously do as a matter of course. If the client would like to get back in touch, we will happily provide him with a recording of his calls to us so that he can be clear that Intelligent Money are in no way being evasive. We have great empathy for clients that have found themselves in this position after taking regulated financial advice. We don't require that they pay for further financial advice in order to move out of the five alpha funds, but do ask them to seek guidance from a regulated advisor so that they can understand the exit charges. Al Russia Echelon has been providing such guidance on a pro, bo pro bono basis for many people involved in this. What became apparent was that those who transferred out had never seen a uh, factual numerical breakdown of the, the benefits of simply moving into the BSPS2 or the PPF and the safeguarded benefits afforded by those options. Because if somebody had sat me down and showed me the figures, then it would have been a completely different outcome. So we were all phoned in early December, I think, wasn't it, yeah. by Gallium. And Tony Norris was eager to have a meeting with us all to assure us that the funds were all OK, they were all above board, they were all regulated funds, and they were all hunky-dory. But it's the fact that these are our life savings, and how can you trust them? So that's, that's why I've disinvested. I'll never get a pet pension pot that size again. So I actually took a hit, and I think my hit was like £35,000. This is why when I came to the meeting down here, and I actually went and spoke to Michelle Cracknell, and her advice to me was, is disinvest and start all over again, and then try to recover the funds, try to, try to recover the money you've lost. And basically, like I said, well, that's you're asking somebody to write a year's wages off with a phone call. So it took me a month to come to that decision after I'd spoke to her and listened to what was said in the meeting that I couldn't risk my funds anymore and I needed to get them out.
And if I have to take a hit, I have to take a hit. I've gone with uh, Royal London now, which is where I wanted to go originally because um, Darren Reynolds um, <laughs> gave me three companies, Royal London, Momentum and Intelligent Money and explained that they'd be investing, Intelligent Money would be investing through Gallium. Um, when I actually went, to, which I thought I was signing my pension, um, I said I'd like to go with the Royal London option and he quickly talked me out to that completely and he said they don't manage the, the investments as well as um, Gallium and he said that Vega manage all the downsides of the investments and if the market drops you're, you're far less likely to lose a lot of money if you go with the Vega option because they manage the downsides as for Royal London, don't manage the downsides, they only manage the upsides. When you actually tell people who've got a financial background, um, like the story of managing the upsides and the downsides, they, they, they just laughing and shaking their heads. I mean, we are not to know. I went on the government site unbiased. The unbiased site told me that Darren Reynolds was a gold star pension advisor. So if he's telling you something, you you know you 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 not you're gonna believe it. You know? Like I said earlier, basically the way he sold it to me is that as well that if those funds don't perform within three months, I would have a phone call from him, and he'd ask me to log on, and we'd look at the funds and we'd move them. So where would I be moving them to? I'd be moving them somewhere else that I wouldn't know nothing about, again. So I could be losing more money, so it could be a double whammy. When you have a portion of the workforce who spent decades on shifts at a steelworks, laboring away at the coalface, um, this is bound to have a wider impact. Um, Chris suggested there was a lack of understanding of his personal circumstances across the board, from you know, the regulators to the trustees, um, through to, to those who were uh, pertaining to, to advise him on how to handle his pension. See, there's a, another group of people, um, of steel workers who actually um, had to defer themselves to get the figures, like I said earlier. So they didn't know how much they were retiring with. They actually had to defer themselves out to the pension before they give them the figures. There's another group trying to get uh, their money back up to where, it, where I was is. Basically, the pots doubled. So basically, some of you went out with 300,000. Within a month or so, the pots went up to 600,000. It was very clever what they did, you see, because the workforce is a very old workforce, an older workforce. So you had a big group of people who were above 55, who would be quite happy for it all to close, and they'd have more money from it. Then you had a group of people just approaching 55, and then you had a younger element, were a lot younger. So you're in three groups of people. That was the other thing that the likes of um, um, Michelle Cracknell and Megan Butler and her team couldn't really understand is, by the time I'm 55, I would have done 36 years working shifts. Now, the people, the older element of the workforce, have done 40 years plus.
already. So they really, they, they, they're happy, they want to go. And then you've got the ones coming up to 55, like myself. That's a lot of years working chefs when you're going to trust Tata with a new pension scheme and they might change and alter it to suit themselves. When the government say, right, we might lift retirement age again, and Tata will put their hand up and say, yeah, we'll do that as well. So they're moving our retirement further away out of our goalposts. They're moving the goalposts. And that's why people generally wouldn't trust Tata. The saga will rumble on with group legal action comprising over 40 steel workers now underway um, and investigating all parties involved in the chain. Um, I'd expect there'll be plenty more to discuss in the coming months and even years um, as those, those who unsuitably transferred out try to recoup their funds. Now that's, uh, that's all for this week. Thanks very much for listening and to Chris and Stuart for giving up their evening to join me in the 12 nights. As ever, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Um, you can also find the podcast every week on SoundCloud by searching for New Model Advisor or on the podcast hub on our website. Thanks very much.